My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. I wonder if you saw me on that television show the other night, the one called Shark Tank? You know, where entrepreneurs seek investment in their products. So old Farmer Gray, he showed up to ask the panel to plow some do-re-mi into his invention. Now here was my pitch, and see if it doesn't whet your appetite to cough up some cash. First I says, I says, hello sharks. Always best to open with a friendly salutation, you know what I mean? I says, hello sharks, I'm seeking $300,000 for a 2% stake in my company, Better Be Good Incorporated. Now, we all know how disobedient children can be, especially in this indulgent day and age. What does that mean? That means you'd best have a strap handy to whoop those youngins so they mind. But here's the thing. If you're a farmer like me and wearing overalls, incidentally, I came in dressed in my overalls just for demonstration purposes. If you're a farmer like me and wearing overalls, guess what? You ain't got no belt on. You gotta go back to the house, up the stairs, and all the way to your closet just to grab the razor strop. Worse, by the time you get back outside, the child has run away. What's the solution? Then I showed them a small bag tied with cloth around my waist. Why, Farmer Gray's All-American Strap Pack, says I, patent pending. You simply observe the offending lad's misbehavior, rip open the Velcro top, and remove the belt from the bag. And folks, I did just that, snapping the belt a couple times for effect. Then I continued saying, you subsequently whooped the child while reciting the appropriate Bible verse and, once done, replaced the strap in its holder. And there you have it. A child what's learned his lesson and the vessel of discipline all ready for the next episode of disobedience. So which of you sharks are going to pony up and invest in the future of our children? I'll leave it to you to fight it out. Well, sir, I could see that those millionaires were sitting agog, doubtless entranced by the brilliance of my idea and professionalism of my pitch. But as I stood there awaiting accolades, you know what happened? Lori Grainer, queen of QVC and holder of over 120 patents, leapt up and made for my throat. Fortunately, she was stopped by Mark Cuban and Kevin O'Leary, restraining her as her nails grazed my Adam's apple. No, Lori, they cried. Stop. He's not worth it. I was then escorted by two security guards back to my truck. Large burly fellas, too, and I still don't understand what happened. Was my valuation too high? Is that what set them against me? I may never know. But speaking of giving bands their comeuppance, that brings me to today's review. Get everybody out of here. No, no, stay put. Stay put or, or I'll get the strap. For today's critique is of the film Spiral, or to reference its full appellation, Spiral from the Book of Saw. Now, first off, a suggestion to all you Hollywood producers sitting out there in your infinity pools. This is going to go sideways fast. Will not. I'm just going to say that from this day forward, every scary picture should star Mr. Chris Rock. And why is that? Because whether tongues are being ripped out or fingers torn off, he can still make you laugh. And I'm being neither sarcastic nor facetious. He may not be the best one of the best actors around, but he's certainly one of the best comedians. Maybe the best, I don't know. Yes. Glad you have a high opinion of you, but not unfounded. Early on in the picture, for example, after an initial episode of Torture and Splatter, he delivers a what you call riff on Forrest Gump that's a tonic, a downright tonic. That was just a diversion! Maybe, but a hilarious one nonetheless. That's the way to do a horror film, splatter then patter, you know what I'm saying? Mr. Rock, by the way, plays Detective Zeke Banks, who tattled on his corrupt partner years earlier. 
Consequently, his fellow policemen vilify him as a rat. That situation is even more uncomfortable in light of the fact that his father is the legendary, albeit retired, chief of the precinct, Marcus Banks. He's played by Samuel L. Jackson, and incidentally, on the afternoon I saw the movie, Mr. Jackson was not only prominent in this film, he was in the previews for two other upcoming pictures. So at over 70 years of age, he ain't exactly slowing down. Anyway, having gone maverick one too many times, Zeke, against his protests, is partnered with a rookie, a fellow by the name of Shank. No sooner has that occurred than the two are drawn into the case of a killer who's targeting crooked detectives within the precinct. Apparently, possessing the genius of Archimedes, the culprit is trapping these cops in brilliantly engineered torture devices that promise to leave the victims either crippled or dead their choice. Of course, the investigators immediately recognize these crimes as the work of someone who admires Jigsaw, the late villain of the first Saw movies. You know, like that one where the guy had to saw off his own foot? Seems almost quaint now, cutting your foot off. Simpler times, I guess. Now, before you judge this killer too harshly, I should tell you that he, or she, has good qualities too. Why, this murderer is fun-loving. I want to play a game. Informative. The three train is arriving in two minutes. And care. When was the last time you saw your father? But be that as it may, Zeke is intent on bringing the miscreant down. Meanwhile, tension in the squad room, where trust is in short supply, only mount as the bodies pile up and the killer keeps sending Zeke packages, and they don't contain love notes, believe me. The only bright spot in this grim affair is the growing friendship between Zeke and his new partner. That is, of course, until we learn that apparently no one is immune from the devious machinations of Zeke's murderous foe. And then there's the occasional humor I mentioned, lines interspersed like cherries in a bloody cake delivered by Mr. Rock like the astute entertainer he is. And though, as I said, he's not all that strong at delivering straight dialogue, he nonetheless gets the character across, an angry, disillusioned man who has still managed to maintain his integrity. Now, that's not to say that the film doesn't fall victim to some gaps in logic. I mean, like, why would a trained detective with a serial killer targeting law enforcement go wandering alone in an abandoned factory... And is it really that easy to sneak up from behind and chloroform someone? Because it sure happens a lot in this flick, at least relatively speaking. Plus, with all these devices and packages connected to the killer, nobody seems terribly interested in dusting for fingerprints. Just saying's all. But despite these reservations, I say patronize this picture if you're inclined towards films with plenty of gore, dashes of humor, and a last-minute twist that, in, that I, in my naivete, didn't see coming. And a word of advice to the killer... If you decide to bring your traps and tricks to Shark Tank, Lori Grainer probably won't invest. No, sir. Next week, I'll be reviewing the film Those Who Wish Me Dead, starring Angelina Jolie. And no, the title doesn't refer to her career. Play me out, Zeke. <laughs>